Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. We'll ask you to share your breadwinning story. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, so today, we're all going to practice saying no. No. Because that's the topic. Can you say no in a pandemic? And what I mean, like, certainly my children can. Ha! Ha! (laughs) <laughs> working mom joke. Uh, the topic is, is around the breadwinning part of it, which is that if we start with the idea that I did, did high level math, uh, that the work week is a typical old fashioned 40 hour a week work week is 2,400 minutes. It's a lot. Mm. But then if you consider that the average worker uh, spends 660 minutes each week on email. And I think that number is very conservative. Sure. 720 minutes on social media during the work week. And as someone who's doing it for a lot with our podcast and you're doing it too, I mean, it, there is work social media to be done, certainly promoting yourself. So I'm not just saying like goofy social media, ta- I'm talking about real, you know, work social media. Yeah. But that plus 950 minutes on your smartphone, which is probably all of that and more. Uh, I did not do what that all adds up to, but it adds up to not a lot of minutes left over to get actual work done. <laughs> yeah. That's an abnormal, that's, this, these are all pre-pandemic numbers. So can we say no? What does that say? Yeah. I mean, I think we have to. I think we have to mm-hmm. say no more than we've ever had to say no. And I think, you know, I, I talk about this a lot in the workplace and, or, you know, in the, in the virtual workplace, when I talk about, when I talk with leaders about what they should be focusing on, I think, I think it's, it's such an overwhelming time that everything seems um, like a fire that needs to be put out and everything seems like, oh, if we could just do this right now. I mean, I think there's, there's a question of sort of our external boundaries and how we're saying no to things externally. But then there's the internal thing of like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Should I be doing this? No. Yes. I mean, I think it's, it's a lot of, of questions that, that we're asking ourselves, but I think now more than ever and our friend Callie Yost, that's one of the things that she, she has been saying in all of her talks uh, since this happened is like, People cannot put their heads down and try to like, you know, write. Work their way through it, right? Like like work their way through it in the sense of saying yes to everything. Yeah. I mean, prioritize what you need to prioritize down more than you than you ever did in your work yeah. life. And, and I think in your home life, it's a lot of choices we have to make, right? Yeah. Because there's no, there's no commute to to differentiate, oh, I left the office, I came home. Mm-hmm. I, I've lost it as someone who's been working from home now for three years now. Uh, I had the the artificial boundary, the organic boundary of everyone coming home. 
Like I know when everyone gets home and it's like, even my son would get home first and then that would be like, Oh, that's a trigger, you know, talk to Owen and then get, you know, start ramping down for the day. Mm -hmm. And then by the time everyone got home, now we switched into nighttime. Right. It doesn't happen. We're all, we've, we've had to establish a lot of, you know, I, you know, we have a family meeting every night at six 30 that I've instituted just so we're all together, but it's more done a, to get everybody out of their neutral corners and bring us together. Uh, not always successful in the sense of not everyone likes being at that meeting every day. But right. um, I also need it as a stop work day, start home day. Yeah. But also, I do feel this this urge, right? I mean, last week in particular, I was just scattered all over the place. Yes, 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 yes. You know, what do you need? Yes, I'll give it to you now. Yes. Which I'm I'm normally like that anyways. And I, I always have to pull back. But in this pandemic, you don't know where any dollar is. You don't know how, you know, how to, not to sound, not to be the Debbie Downer. The optimistic person is always the worst downer. <laughs> I admit that. But you don't know, you know, and, and if you, what if you take, and and let's be honest, if you don't, if you don't say yes to that, is that really what's going to, you know, right. be the last Jenga block that makes the tower fall down for a job disappearing? No. I, they created that Bean County Excel sheet, you know, last week. Right. It's, it's not, let's get real, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there is this ominous sense that one of those no's could be the no, right? And mm-hmm. knock us out of our job or to even, you know, knock us kind of metaphorically down a peg in our job, you know, fall from right. the highest esteem. I definitely had a had a, a coaching client who was talking about, you know, how she was getting a lot of one-off requests from, from folks and felt like if she started to say no, she was going to kind of tarnish the reputation that she'd been building. Yeah. It was like, if, if you don't at this point stick to your you know, for lack of a better term, as an OD consultant, for lack of a better term, term, you know, your core values, right? Like, what do you want your work to be about? Um, right. And what do you want to kind of make clear about who you are? This is kind of the time. And I think, you know, it's the time to do that more than ever. And, you know, one of the things that that I've always said about flex work, and I think you and I have talked about this, is... Um, if something's not working in the office, um, it's going to not work r- when it's flex. Have we talked about that? <laughs> no, but I completely agree. It, okay. It's never, it's not flex to blame. Flex is just a tool. You know, the concepts, the culture, the person, that's all there. Yeah, it's it's all there. And it's, you know, if, if, there, if the processes aren't in place, if you aren't a good communicator, if, you know, you haven't drawn boundaries, like it's not going to get, it's, it's not going to get better when you're working remotely, unless you like actually make a point of working on it. So, or, you know, drawing your boundaries, even, even clearer um, and being more explicit about that. But I think, um, yeah, I think that's something that, that we don't really recognize until we're here and we're sort of watching um, how, how this is working or not working for folks. And you, I do, I implore us all to be, to be self-aware of this creep 
because I think it's way more than it was before when I was also stretched too thin and saying yes to many things because everything's a great opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I want to do that. Oh, that sounds great. And and people do want to work with you. And that is great. And, um, and uh, you know, I would say the majority of companies really don't want to see you go. I mean, there's always the bad ones, but that's, you know, what that's a whole different discussion. But I think uh, there's no one who really knows what's right for you, but you. And yeah. you're sitting at home and you're feeling, though, completely, truly isolated about what's happening. Like, at least if you were in the office. And, you know, I have certainly been through my shares of, unfortunately, having to lay off people and mm-hmm. companies going under and divisions. I've been laid off. I've had to lay off. And there's something about being in the office as awful and untenable as is when it's when the environment is happening. At least you can sense it. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least you can know that it's happening. I This is new when you can't see. You know, the, did you did you ever watch Lost? in the years ago when they had the black cloud that would like, like do bad things. And like, it's sometimes when you're in the office, you can sense the black cloud is like floating down the hallways at least. But now you kind of can't, you think the black cloud is everywhere. Yeah. Or nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, people are seeing flashes of it. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were messages that came out this week and I think that there are, Messages coming out in industries and in organizations you never would have thought would be hit um, with this kind of pressure. Um, It's hitting them right now. Uh, And I think that it's, you know, it's making everyone freak out. (laughs) You know, it's, 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 um, and I think, you know, I think people are really trying to figure out even though we just talked about it, like we don't know which is going to be the thing that's going to, you know, the bean counters have already made their Excel spreadsheets. And so like nothing yeah. that we do or don't do is necessarily going to affect that. But um, you really want to make sure in this reality, and you and I were just talking about about how I've been thinking about this. Um, but I think you, you really want to make sure that your unique value proposition in your organization or in your business with your clients is very clear. And not only is it clear, but it's clear how you're going to make it relevant right now. Like why right now you're the person that they need, you're the service that they need, right? Um, You have to make that clear. You might as well make that, you know, clear. Like that is something you can control and you know, uh, if it turns out that, you know, all these jobs are gone, at least you'll have thought about what your clear proposition is when you have to go out now and market yourself anew. So it's, it's not, it's not without value, even if it doesn't work out right now. Yep. Absolutely. What do you think about this concept? Uh, someone gave me the suggestion last week. I'm basically getting coaching advice, everyone, um, (laughs) to create a KPIs, performance indicators for yourself mm-hmm. and which I thought that was so uh it struck me because I was saying how I'd been scattered and kind of just running from tactical 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 thing and not being strategic at all and that that was their suggestion that they came back to me with and I thought that's interesting because of course you know anytime I've been handed a massive project a new team a, you know some sort of business to run I always have KPIs, you know, like, cause I know I have somebody I have to report to up the chain that's going to want to say, let's all agree on what we're going to achieve and how you're going to do it. And then they're going to judge us on whether we achieved it. And so 
Do you think that concept works for the individual? Because I'm wondering if I need to put time into that. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I think it I think it does. I mean, I, I really think <clears throat> before thinking about KPIs, you know, I think the mistake with KPIs is always or, you know, when in strategic planning in general is when when organizations don't do the fundamental work of thinking like, what are we actually doing? What's our vision and what do we do best? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's hard. I know, <laughs> but we were just talking. I mean, it's not that different from the unique value proposition, right? I mean, I think, yeah. we, I think it's really thinking about what's most important to you um, in your work and, and what's most, what's most valuable. And then, do the KPIs reflect that? Um, right. Because I, I've seen too often in organizations and in, for individuals, because I do think it's a useful process. But if you create KPIs, but then it has nothing really to do with the bottom line of what you're best at, what you're trying to do, and you kind of have these have these goals that are sort of detached from what's most important, you're not really going to get where you want to go. Um mm. That's, that's, I mean, it's hard to do that, but I, but I think it's also not so hard. You know, if we think about, if we think about like, what are we trying to achieve? I think it's, yeah you know, and what are we, what are we focused on? Like I had um, someone who I spoke to who was talking about all these one-off requests and, um, you know, we were talking about core values and, and she said, you know, equity is really important to me. And advocacy for my stakeholders is really important to me. And so the idea, you know, that I'm just going to make exceptions all the time is, right. is going to violate that. But if I say like, how am I advocating and how am I ensuring equity? Um, then you, you can measure, you can look at those values, not like how many requests am I dealing with feeling, yeah. you know, so because think- then you do the KPI that says, okay, so I have my guiding principles. I have, this is how I want those guiding principles to, to grow me in real life. Yeah. You know, this is what I want to achieve. And then the idea with this KPI is for people who are not living in my head was, <laughs> is that uh, you then have that, that framework to decide on some of these one-offs yep. for the few times you're going to say no, that you would feel more comfortable about saying no, because uh, breadwinners, we breadwinners, I, I think it's really, I don't know. I think that you hear of people who are, that are really clear about saying no to things. Shonda Rhimes has her whole year of saying yes, mm-hmm. you know, because she had been saying no so clearly up until that point mm-hmm. that I think it's, uh, least for me, for the, you know, the good girls among us who just can't ever say no, I, it, that framework, that's the KPI then gets you to the framework, which then gets you to the, the couple of no's. That's, yeah. that's the idea. So, but, you know, we're talking about th- this in a work sense. I think there's a societal sense of no's too. I mean, I know at the beginning of all of this, it was a really the decision of whether to send my kids to school before they shut the schools down. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I never it never happened because I just was I thought uh, I'll admit it that I, like, you know, well, I, I've, I've been surrounded by overacting, you know, worried parents before. And I 
it wasn't that I didn't, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was very glad when they shut down the schools and I didn't have to make the call. But it, that whole sense of, am I saying no? And who am I saying no to? Am I saying no to the schools? Mm-hmm. Am I saying no to, you know, the cabal of worried parents right. who were right? You know, um, I think there are societal pressures sometimes to go your own path sure. to say no. Sure. I think, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a really common theme. I think that, um, you know, we were talking about that and that article by Jessica Gross in the, in the parenting section of the times about, um, about how, yeah, I mean, about how that debate kind of unfolded for people. But I think one of the things that, that has been really interesting is to see people talking about, you know, we're, we have this homeschooling responsibility now, right? Parents have right. their kids at home and they're trying to get them um, to to kind of complete this online curriculum, which the teachers are figuring out, you know, in some cases as they go. I'm sure there are um, those who really know their Google Classroom, you know, before, <laughs> but I don't know any of them personally. Um but you know there was an there was a woman this week. Um, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but her name is Sarah Parsak. Let's say I don't know with a C. Um, she's a University of Alabama at Birmingham professor, and she's an Egyptologist, which is kind of awesome. And she wrote on Twitter, we just wrote a hard email. I told our son's lovely, kind and caring teacher that no, we will not be participating in her virtual classroom and that he was done with first grade. We cannot cope with this insanity. Surviving and protecting her well-being come first, comes first. And I, um, you know, it really stuck out to me and we had a similar conversation um, with one of my kids you know, principals just uh, saying, this isn't working, you know, and I think it was to my, to my earlier point, I think when something's not working in school, it's definitely not going to, or when something's not working, you know, in on location, it's definitely not going to work when it's on location. So, so that, that's definitely, that's been a huge thing for us. It's, it's not working. And, And, you know, the, the Google Classroom is disorganized, can't find, you know, can't find all the assignments in one place. People, they're different formats. You open, yeah. you know, you open a Google Classroom assignment. It might have an editable P- PDF. It might have a Google slide. It might have something that someone has to print out. I personally could not figure out looking through my child's, you know, assignments, what was going on. And you know, one of my <laughs> child's, you know, it's a challenge sometimes for yeah. a child to figure out what's going on in a, in a normal school context. And so in this context, it was like, absolutely not. I, this is, this is yeah. crazy. Um, and so that was the conversation we had with the principal was like, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we're done here. Maybe we're done. We're not. And we're working it out and don't want to get yeah. any more details about the school or anything. But I think it's really important to think about, you know, what, is this right? Is this right? Is, is it, it doing? Do we need to say yes to this? I mean, right? Because yeah. that's essentially what you're doing is exactly. saying yes, and it's 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 an implied yes, and actually, we don't even know if it's a legal yes. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. for like truancy and all that, they they've instituted something with New York City schools that at least my middle schooler and high schooler have to answer a random question every day oh, on Google. Yeah, that's to, what they've done. That's what my, one of my kids does. Um, 
And that's got to be a legal currency thing, don't you think? They're trying to. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely. She made track. That teacher made it very clear. What's interesting, though, is she she asked. I love her. Um, oh, my transparency about my own life. Um, I love her. She wrote. She asked this week, like, what is your favorite Easter cookie? And I was like, oh, no. come on. <laughs> and my kid wrote, I am Jewish. Turn in. <laughs> um, but- I have to do the sidebar right now that as when I married into my incredibly welcoming Jewish family in-laws, uh, one of the cousins asked me, um, if I could listen to a story. And the story was they live in Georgia and they had the kids do Christmas around the world. And being that they were the Jewish family in this uh, Georgian town, um, they did Christmas in Israel. Oh. And they meant it to be, and it wasn't like, you know, because we know there's people of all types in Israel. No, they meant Hanukkah is Christmas in Israel. Oh, so. got it, got it, got it. <laughs> and I had to represent for all of us non-Jews to say, well... Sorry about that. <laughs> well, okay, so so I'm gonna take this take this in another sidebar direction, just because this is one of my favorite stories ever. When I was a Brooklyn, when I was a Brooklyn mom back in the day, but we had a friend who um, who her daughter was Jewish. Um, she she was mixed, but she had both. Whatever they didn't do a lot of Christmasing. I guess it was, it was played down for her. So her mom threw her in September, Christmas in September birthday. I love it. I completely love that. There was a Santa, there was iced hot chocolate. There were carolers singing, let it go because that was a really big deal at the time. So it's interesting. Ah. You can say no at certain times. And then, then sometimes the no. Can turn- yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Well, to come back from our sidebar, because yes. uh, those are awesome. But the idea of saying um, a, a no to a societal pressure, some sometimes you don't even know it's there until you think about that. I, I think I want to say no to this, yeah. you know, and I, I have felt it. I've mostly felt it as a parent. It's usually parenting uh, things where I've said no, Um we have it a little bit right now because we're going to choose this weekend a high school for my son. Wow. And it's not, it's, that's not really a no, but it is a little, we may, well, we may be saying no to the specialized high school choice, which is a big deal in New York. And you feel it, you feel that tug like, oh, you know, like, yeah. and so these no's, I guess it's, why is it so hard? Because, I mean, certainly saying to someone's face, uh, no, I can't, is is one thing. Yeah. But the societal nose of, like, standing up and saying, um, nope, this is my path. I'm going this way. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it can be so hard. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's interesting. I was just talking about this. You know, I think that I think there's going to be so many ways in which our work life and our workplace and what constitutes yeah. a no and what's an acceptable no and what the sort of norms are. I mean, one of the things I work with clients on is like setting what are your group norms, what are your organizational norms, what's expected of people. Because mm-hmm. we're in a state of the world where we have no idea what's expected of us, um, expectations are going to change. What is possible to say no to versus what 
it's possible to say yes to, I guess, if, yeah. we, if we change from our no to our yes and, right? What, what, right. you know, I think it's going to shift quite drastically. You know, we talked a couple, a couple episodes ago about, you know, is this, is this going to change the gender dynamics? Is this going to mm-hmm. change, um, you know, is this going to change things significantly in terms of emotional labor? And I'm really starting, I, however many weeks later, I'm starting to think absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't even, I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure about the gender dynamics piece, but I would say the workplace and how we understand work and and how we relate to each other around work and, you know, what work responsibility sharing is about. Yes, I think that's going to change. Yeah. Well, and from the, the independent contractor consultant side of things, I I share this quote from uh, that I loved uh, from Stephanie Land, who wrote the book "Made Hard Work, Low Pay, and a Mother's Will to Survive." I had to stop saying yes to every opportunity to speak, write, or appear. I began to see my energy as a limited source, and I had to conserve it for opportunities I truly cared about, or I'd walk away from it feeling used or take it for granted in some way. And later on, she says, what it's really become is learning to have faith in work still showing up later. Mm. And I like that. Yeah. You know, I think um, I, I I almost, you know, what's that um, uh, old uh, Irish blessing? You know, may the road rise up to meet you. You know, may the work rise up and uh, and return to you anytime that you say no <laughs> to Absolutely. someone else. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today on The Breadwinners. Whether you're a chance or choice breadwinner, we hope you enjoyed the time you spent with us and that you'll share your own story at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. How are we making it work? How are you making it work? We'd love to know. How is anyone making it work? We'd love to know. (laughs) Um, Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about The Breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.